Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, we are super stoked to dive into this particular episode about running small groups more effectively. So we titled it that because perhaps you are running small groups effectively, but maybe one of these strategies is going to help you do it even more effectively up level your game. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're on the other side of the ball, the mm-hmm. other side of the spectrum, right? Where small groups are like, oh my gosh, I want to pull my hair out, which is actually where this podcast episode stemmed from was a question from one of our EB teachers inside the EB teachers club. So we'll be reading her question to introduce the episode. Um, but before we get into talking about this, we would love to invite you to download one of our, our free resources, our free haunted forest escape room, and actually take some of these ideas and use that haunted forest escape room as a way to practice what we're talking about on this podcast and some of the strategies that we're going to share with you and do those lessons in small group settings. So it's like, you have that free download, you listen to what we shared, and then you go implement it in your class. So you can start to see how it actually works. So if running small groups has been a huge challenge for you, we urge you to go download this free haunted forest escape room and use it in small groups using these strategies. So if you go to ebacademics.com, com forward slash escape room. You can grab that free lesson lessons rather unit, um, to use with your students and be able to implement these particular strategies. All right. So I'm going to start by reading the question that we received from one of our EB teachers. So this question says, how do I better help students to initiate and maintain focus during small group work? Great question. She says, I find that on days when I do small group lessons, we don't accomplish nearly as much as we would if the class had been working independently or as a whole group. Totally has happened. Valid, right? Past. Yeah. hundred percent. She says, I value small group time and really feel that it can help rather than hinder my lessons, but I tend to lose control of the class while helping certain groups. Then I'm running around, putting out small fires everywhere because they're talking off topic, did not accomplish what we set out to do. I know this is my fault, but looking for ways to make this better moving forward. So I can relate to that all too well. So many teachers can, I think this is going to be super helpful for so many listeners, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you have any stories of that in your classroom? (laughs) Yes. Like, yes, unfortunately I will say like, I feel pretty proud of how I ran small groups in my own classroom. And like, it took us a while to get to that point, but it was more so like when I got a new job and I was in someone else's classroom, like Mm -hmm. kind of assisting how she was running it and she liked small group work. And so did I, so I thought, Oh, it'd be great. But I quickly realized, Oh my gosh, all the units were taking weeks, sometimes months, because Mm -hmm. there was so much small group work and the students were literally just talking or they would do the assignment and it would be 
so weak, right? Like they were expected to write a paragraph and they'd write a sentence because they were too busy getting distracted or whatever it was. And it was just so frustrating as the teacher being in that classroom. Like I knew we needed a better way. And I think what we're going to share today is going to give you some concrete ideas to up-level your small group Mm -hmm. activities. In my first, I don't know, maybe one or two years of doing small group work, I was teaching at an all girls high school. And you can imagine Mm -hmm. girls sitting in class in groups and they just talked the entire time. And it was so hard (laughs) for me. And then I, you know, I was able to have, um, my mentor from the university, my master's program, she came, would come in and observe me Uh when that was happening. And she gave me a bunch of great tips and ideas and strategies that some of them we'll talk about today that just completely turned things around. You know, I think a lot of it stems from, from us and like how we set things up and how we really structure our small group time. And I'm, we, I'm sure you've all seen I it, totally agree. right. The teacher who does it really well. And the teacher that it's like, what is actually happening in your classroom right now? We want to make right. sure you're the teacher who's doing it really well with your students. And I'm thinking it's kind of funny because I feel like as teachers, we've been there too. Like how many professional developments have you gone to where they give teachers group work? Right. And then everyone just starts chatting and talking. And I'm that teacher. Like I'm always up for a good chat, but if they tell us to do something, I just want to get it done. Mm-hmm. And so it drives me nuts when we're all off track and then they're like, okay, time's up. And we've accomplished nothing. nothing. And so I'm like, so I just wasted my afternoon being here. Like I'm not gaining any value yeah. from this. Yeah. So it's and the I'm same not, idea in the classroom. I'm hundred percent that student, right? Mm-hmm. Like in my master's programs, they'd put us yeah. in small group work and ever, and I always tried to not be the person who took charge because right. that is my personality. And I was like, I'm going to let somebody else be in charge. And then everybody would just talk and be like, fine. Like, I guess I have to take the reins and be the boss and be the person who's in charge of what happens in this group work. So we actually get things done. So anyways, total side notes, let's dive into what we're going to talk about. So we've broken this into kind of Mm -hmm. two different tiers that we're going to discuss. So the first one is in terms of like curriculum ideas, like how are we setting the expectations for our students academically? And what are we using? What tools are we using in the small group work in terms of curriculum to help them meet the standards that we want to address within the group work. Then the next thing that we're going to talk about are basically management strategies, like ideas for setting expectations and things like that with the group work that you can do as the teacher, as things are happening or right before things happen. So that you kind of have like this double whammy of making sure that things are on task in every capacity possible when we're doing group work. So you'll talk about the curriculum ideas and I'll talk about the management ideas. All right. You can go first. Sounds good. So (laughs) Curriculum, right? We have to give our students tangible things to work on in small groups. We cannot just say, all right, discuss this text, right? That's when they're going to go off on tangents. So what I like to do with my students is if they are discussing a text, for example, I give them an evidence tracker. I'm going to give them a very specific text dependent question to answer. And then as a group, they are going to be required to find evidence from the text to support their claim, their answer to that question, and then justify it. It's very clear. It's very, um, nuanced, right? It's broken down for what they have to do. They're not just talking about something. So that's one way to ensure that they are physically handing something in at the end of a discussion. If you want students to have more discussion-based activities, what you can do is teach them the elements of a strong discussion, right? Maybe do some whole class Socratic seminars first. Once they know the ropes, they know what's expected of them. Then you can have small group Socratic seminars going on around your classroom. I did this all the time, right? I'd have to rotate around totally. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is give them those questions again. Sorry, my computer is going nuts here. If you're hearing Mm -hmm. that, um, I would give them those questions 
And they knew the expectations. They all had to participate. There was a leader in the Socratic seminar. Um, they had to ask a question. They had to have eye contact, et cetera. So it made it much better than, again, just a generic discussion. So I think it's setting the expectations first and then giving them those concrete questions to answer. Another strategy to do here is what we call it EB, a real talk discussion activity. And so we have this in a lot of our resources, actually. It's a really cool activity where students are coming up with their own discussion questions, but you're holding them accountable to it. So they need to write down their questions and turn that into you after they have their small group discussion. And the way they set up their questions is one of them might be an inference. One of them might have to be based on vocabulary words that they found interesting in the text, whatever it is. So you're giving them guidance for their questions. They're not just asking surface level questions. Mm -hmm. So again, they come up with the questions they discuss in their group. They turn in the questions to you. So you see what they come up with and you've been walking around listening to their discussions and then they complete a reflection activity at the end to see how that group um, activity went. So once you've done those one or two times, they will get stronger, right? But it's setting those expectations for your students. So I like those ideas of the evidence tracker, the Socratic seminars in small groups, and then a real talk discussion question or um, a real talk discussion activity for your students in small groups. So it's always giving them something tangible to turn in and saying what the expectations are. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great. Thank you for sharing those. Um, yeah. So the next thing that I'm going to go into is kind of the actual management of what's happening right in your classroom. So I have a few different strategies to share with you. And the first one is tied into our 15 minutes strategy, which is actually, if you go listen to podcast episode number 139, um, I talk all about what my 15 minutes strategy is. And so before I put students into their small group work, I let them know, Hey, if we do a great job in our group work, the whole class is going to get 30 seconds towards our 15 minutes, which 30 seconds is a lot of time. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you definitely <laughs> have to go listen to that episode. And what, you know, everyone does a good job. Well, what does that look like? Right. And we'll brainstorm as a class and put on the board, what the expectations are of ourselves. So I'm not telling them this is what it looks like. One, two, three, four, five. We're actually discussing as a group, as a team, essentially, Hey, these are the things that we need to do in Mrs. Mitchell's class to ensure that we're able to get those 30 seconds toward our class time at the end of this small group work. So they're coming up with what they need to hold themselves accountable to, which is incredibly helpful for them to set those own expectations expectations as well. The other thing that I will do is I will set expectations on the amount of time that we're going to be doing this. So if they're doing stations, right, they only get 10 minutes per station, 15 minutes per station, whatever it might be. They're in small group work, they might have 20 minutes to complete this activity. And it follows this, I think it's called Parkinson's law, right? Where work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. So basically what that means is as much time as we give ourselves to complete a task, it's going to take us that long, right? So if we tell our students, it's going to take you 20 minutes to do it, it's going to take them 20 minutes. If we tell them it's going to take 10 minutes, it's going to take 10 minutes. So we basically fill that amount of time with our work that we're actually doing. And so I like to put that on the board. This is going to be completed by, I don't know, 1141 if we're giving them 20 minutes to complete it in class. And then as time goes by, I will give them prompts. Hey, you've had five minutes already. You only have 15 minutes left. This is where you should be in your small group work. If you're not there yet, you might want to pick up the pace a little bit or raise your 
hand if you need my assistance with something. If you're ahead of the game, hey, you can take a little bit of a breather and maybe go back and make sure that your answers are more in depth. Maybe you need more evidence or something like that. So often throughout when they're doing their group work every five minutes or so, if it's a longer period of time, if it's maybe 10 minutes, I might do like every three minutes and give them kind of a countdown at the end. I also do that at the end of the time that we're working on the group work. So if there's two minutes left and we're getting down to the wire, Hey, you have two minutes left. This is what you need to be wrapping up. This is where you need to be. And so I'm really giving them guidance on what it is that they're supposed to be doing and how they're supposed to be filling their time. And what's really cool is after group work ends and before group work ends, I'll actually use that time of our classroom, 15 minutes classroom strategy to give them more seconds towards their time. So I remember my first few years teaching, I'd put them in group work and it would take them five minutes to get into group work and get started. And it was such a waste of class time. Right. And so I got to a point where I told my students, if we were moving around the classroom, I would tell them all where they're going to be right beforehand. And I would let them know, gather your stuff. You have 30 seconds to get seated and get started. And our class will get five seconds towards our time. Ready? Look at my watch. Go. They have 30 seconds. They're running around the room. They're racing to their spot. They're opening their stuff. They're getting things ready to go. And they've started before that 30 seconds ends. And so they're getting right to task. Same thing goes for when we're wrapping up group work, right? If I want them to get back to their seats, no one's lollygagging and like sauntering to their desk slowly, like taking a, stealing a pencil from their friend and throwing it across the room and getting in trouble because they only have 15 seconds to get back to their desk in order to get those five seconds towards our uh, 15 minute strategy. Again, if you have no idea what the 15 minute strategy, you have to listen to that episode for this to make sense, but it is a game changer for ensuring that you are not wasting, right? Any of your class time at all. And the last thing that I will say is going back to what Jessica was talking about but just being responsible for turning something in at the end, right? There has to be some sort of completion project. Like what is the completed done thing that they're handing into you? Whether or not that's they're presenting their findings to the class and everybody has to present. So if their stuff isn't done, they're going to be standing in front of the class with nothing to share. No one wants to be in that position, right? Speaking in front of the class is nerve wracking as it is doing it without everything being completed is way worse. So I like to hold students accountable. Um, that's one of the ways that I do it. An actual assignment is given to them. There's an expectation of this particular question, like Jessica was talking about, or this particular evidence tracker needs to be completed. This is what completed looks like. This is what an A looks like. So just really very clearly setting the expectations for them from the beginning. The other thing that I will say that kind of ties into what this question was about is this teacher was saying, you know, I I'm in with another group, right. And this group on the other side of the classroom is just being crazy. Right. And that's hard to manage sometimes because we're with this particular group is I think truly, you know, managing how much time you're spending with any given group, right? If you're spending 15 of those 20 minutes with one group, well, of course, it's going to be really hard for groups across the classroom to manage themselves, especially if they're fifth and sixth graders. Like that's really challenging to be responsible for yourself. So I would urge you to perhaps set a time limit on yourself that you're spending at each group and moving on and moving around the room. If it's only you, you know what I mean? If you have an aide or something like that in your classroom, and you're lucky enough to have that assistance. Perhaps the aide is able to do that on a kind of time basis. And you're able to delve into more deeply with the student in a particular group that needs your help more. Um, so those are some of the classroom management ideas that I've used. They work like a charm. Yes. I'm telling you that 15 minute strategy is a game changer in using it to get your small groups working and on 
target. So do you have yes, any questions? Lots of our was that EB all good? teachers are sharing about that. Awesome. No, you did. Awesome. I was just saying that lots of our EB teachers are sharing that that is working for them in their classroom, that 15 minute strategy. So I love it. Yes. And I think this is super helpful. We encourage you to, you know, try one of these things, right? We hope you're not like, oh, I'm just going to give up on group work if it's been challenging because it's so beneficial for students, but just take one of these, maybe listen to this more than once and mm-hmm. then run with that idea and see how it works in your classroom. Yes, absolutely. All right. So we hope that that was helpful. We know that that's a problem that comes up. Clearly it was one of the the issues that one of our EB teachers was having. So we know it's a problem elsewhere as well. Um, and hopefully this will help you run small groups more effectively. Maybe you do some of these already, and maybe there's one golden negative information that you're like, oh, I'm going to take that and bring that into my classroom as well. Um, so with that being said, we want you to practice these strategies with small groups. And if you need something to do that with, we urge you to use our free haunted forest escape room activity. You can go to ebacademics.com forward slash escape room to grab that. All right, you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. We'll see you in November, right? This is the last of our October podcast episodes. Can't wait to see you guys then. Happy Halloween as well. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.